Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And we are going to be talking about the fourth episode of the series, The Whole World is Watching. And it is true, this is a big show, lots of people watching. The whole world, in fact, has been tuning in for every episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that's what the title is mostly about, is the ratings for the show, which we know, of course, are through the roof. So that's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, that's right. You know, anytime you can hit, just guess about your ratings and throw that in the title. It's a boss move. It's a boss move. <laughs> it's a boss sure. move. Like yeah. a lot of shows are like, whoops, no one watched and we're canceled. Yeah. Episode four. <laughs> that was my favorite show for a really long time. I wish yeah. they had entitled it that because I feel yeah. like more people have watched and they wouldn't have gotten canceled. Yeah. Anytime you can throw whoops in there at the beginning of anything, you're really <laughs> speaking to the people. It was yeah. actually originally called Whoops Friends. whoops we're friends i mean that's sort of what it was about kind of they just met they were on a break whoops we're podcasters that's us that's now requisite spoiler warning here if you haven't watched the fourth episode of falcon the winter soldier please go do that because we're going to spoil the heck out of it but first a little pluggy poo over here of those a little pluggy poo we have not vetted that term (laughs) yeah i don't know what just happened I'm just playing around with some stuff. Okay. If you haven't <laughs> checked Alex it out already, or Alex's <laughs> son who's talking right now. If you haven't checked it out already, we did an interview with Oli Hoskovy, oh, who is the actor who played Dr. Wilfred Nagel on the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, if you're only subscribed, uh, we roll this out a bunch of different places. We usually roll these out episodes out in the comic book club feed and in the Marvel Vision feed. The Oli Hoskovy episode is exclusive to the Marvel Vision feed. So if you listen on podcast, go check it out over there. It was super fun. And I think we got a lot of uh, interesting information about how it works, particularly for a one scene or slightly more than one scene actor on a Marvel show. I thought it was, it was, it was really cool to talk to him. And after talking to him and then kind of like rewatching his stuff, 
he's a really good actor. Like what <laughs> he is and then what he became. Wow. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you when I was putting together the thumbnail for the episode and grabbed the still of Dr. Wilford Nagel, I Dr. looked at Nagel. it and there was a brief moment of like, is this is, not the guy? Is this the same guy? Is somebody acting. do a weird prank to get us interview somebody as a fake Dr. Wilfred Nagel? Well, and honestly, I think a lot of the interview really lets us in on the acting process. Um, yeah, you were cool. very excited to talk acting with somebody. As a classically trained actor, I've talked to YouTube <laughs> you bozos. Were like, you were like, ooh, ooh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was not woo-hooing. Yeah, you uh, were like a little boy jumping up and down talking to him. Sure, I was hysterical. jumping up and down a little bit and going yeah. like this. <laughs> I know uh, what you're talking about. Uh, definitely. <laughs> and uh, getting into this episode we're talking about today, our guy was in the previously on, just yeah. dominating. He was. Uh, I was like, that's our best friend right there. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. <laughs> Whoops, yeah. friends. Oh, Whoops, boy. we're friends. Nope. <laughs> So let's talk about this episode. Lots of stuff going on in this one. Interestingly, not a lot of Easter eggs necessarily. You know, we've been no. talking about the Easter uh, eggs, the Easter's Marvel Comics over. references. There were uh, a couple there, but it wasn't the speculation a million thing that we've expected from WandaVision. Not even the level of the last couple of episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, though there are a couple of things. Pete, what did you want to call out? What's the I Easter just egg that to the say door it, and Milage were there? That they uh, went to well, Wakanda? That was a good Easter egg. Uh, but don't spoil all the things I want to talk about at once, you fucking <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say Zemo was hiding candy like it was Easter. So come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was yeah, a little Easter true. egg. Well, there. that yes. actually was the one thing that I felt like was a weird little Easter egg there. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I associate Turkish Delight most with the Chronicles of Dardia, the Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. Yeah. And I think if you've read the book or you've seen the movie, you know what it is. It's this... It's this candy that he hands there, but it's one of those things that I think everybody that I've ever talked to had the same experience reading Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because you hear about the White Queen gives Turkish delight to this character, Edmund, and tempts him and brings him over to her side. And you hear about it, but they don't describe it. And it's this mysterious thing from childhood of... It's clearly the most delicious candy of all time, but you have no idea what it is. Well, and honestly, because of in reading the book, I imagine it as sort of like a brownie because mm -hmm. I love brownies. And I feel like it's the kind of thing at that age where it's like, whoa, what would tempt you to go with the bad guy? <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, well, brownies would. That's I, for it, sure. At one point, I was like, are we just in a giant ad for Turkish Delight right now? Like the show is like basically hinging on how great Turkish Delight is. So I'll tell you what, it's not great. Yeah, the actual candy <laughs> Turkish Delight, it's like a Jolly Rancher, basically. Yeah. Hey, but Jolly Ranchers aren't bad. No, it's fine. Not, like it's you're not, not it's going not evil. You're not going evil for a Jolly <laughs> Rancher. <laughs> it's not like Baron Zima would take a bunch of Turkish Delights, throw it at me, and I'd be like, all right, I'll tell you literally whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'll invite you to my friend's I don't know, secret funeral. Depending on how hungry I am, I might. Yep. Hungry for a Jolly Rancher? That's not a meal. <laughs> Jolly Rancher is an anti-meal. I'll tell you your what, mouth we're getting weird. wildly off track here, but the, I have one cavity that I've gotten filled in in my entire life. That oh was God. because here there was a go. period of time I had a sack of Jolly Ranchers, and I was like, well, I could just have sack? these instead of brushing. I had Are a you Santa huge, Claus? I got you, a huge variety pack of Jolly Ranchers. And I was home, and I was instead of brushing my teeth, I was what? like, oh, I'll just I'll pop a Jolly Rancher. How is that instead of brushing your teeth? I thought you in my head the Jolly it was Rancher? like gum or mints. 
but instead I was having a Jolly Rancher and it just didn't occur to me. And I, I got a You went to Cornell. So. How are you this dumb? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no and you used to floss with Twizzlers, right? <laughs> yeah. Big smart. gaps in my teeth. <laughs> oh my god wow only one cavity i've had way more cavities and i always blame well, you drank well water i yeah. grew up on well water um which doesn't have fluoride which strengthens your teeth i just add old dirt in there and now i have <laughs> but last i went to the dentist teeth. i went to the dentist recently because uh, uh, true fans of the show will know that i had a broken tooth that dropped yep. off on this very podcast in like our second episode went to the dentist no cavities oh wow. good for you That's also no teeth also, no teeth. I'm out of teeth. Yeah, That's a big are. factor. Yeah, it's just one. That big was cavity. a that was a real scary moment for me when I was talking to you and your t- tooth was missing. Mm-hmm. I had to like talk to a bunch of people about it, like because I really questioned my uh, beliefs and and stuff like that. Because it was like I've trusted the words that come out of your mouth for years, and then when you had just a tooth missing, I all of a sudden didn't trust who you were or what you were about. It was a real wow. thing. Who knew the importance of a full set of teeth cannot be overstated. I didn't know I would be page. so shook. Yeah, but then reverse. That, sorry, it. not to get back to Falcon of the Winter oh, right. Soldier or anything, yeah, yeah. but no, actually to revisit the Turkish delight. Uh, I think Baron Zemo is kind of getting pulling the most focus in this show right now. Who knows if he's going to show up going beyond this because he escapes at the end of the episode? But it's wild to me I how much believe- more he is getting out of these episodes and out of these arcs than even Sam and Bucky are. And well, the and- choices that he's making and like the way he interacts with people, it's so very much on. It's not the Zemo that I know. So it was, it's been very kind of cool to see this other side of Zemo. And the, when he crushed up the serum, I was like, Oh shit, look at this guy like well, doing the right thing. And I think the, for me, the main reason why Zemo is sort of having the most interest and focus is because he has a plan and we don't know what it is. And the rest of the characters don't have a plan and seem sort of lost. And the the dialogue they have, it's very obvious what they're just like, is this, they're, they're doing a lot of exposition. So it feels like, ah, where's the fun here? And then Zemo is just wandering around being weird with candy and uh, breaking the serum. I'm just going to escape through the bathroom. Well, this gets to a bigger thing and I really didn't want Pete to yell at me in this episode, but it struck me with this episode in particular that this is going to come out much stronger than I mean it. If this wasn't a Marvel show, I don't think this would be good at this what? point. Mm. It, it has a chance to turn it around in the last two episodes, but particularly this episode felt very messy to me. There were a lot of things that I liked in individual moments, but just to talk about the arc of the episode, you start off with this great flashback scene of Bucky in Wakanda. Wakanda, getting his, dude. Hold, hold on. on. Well, this is scene. exactly getting to the point. You're exactly getting to the point of what I'm saying is like, I love it. We get to see him breaking his programming, but the episode isn't about Bucky. So just from a structural perspective, we get this thing that follows up on the scene from the last episode, but Sam pulls a little more focus, which is good, mind you. Zemo pulls a little more focus, which as we talked about is fun, but structurally it's kind of all over the place. There's nothing, like you were saying, Justin, everybody's sort of wandering everywhere. So you get this endorphin rush of, oh shit, we get to see Wakanda, of these big fights of John Walker going bad by the end of the episode. And these are all good things from a Marvel fan perspective, but they're not really amounting too much in terms of the show yet. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's sort of what we talked about in the previous episodes where it's like they're putting so much on the table and it's not about this. And they said it a ton in this episode. Where you don't have black and white good guys, bad guys here. Um, It's all this gray area. It's verbatim said in this episode. And the only issue with that is it makes it much harder to uh, explain the the motivations of everyone because you have to literally go through and be like, well, he's doing this because of this. She's doing this because of this. Yeah. Um, because we don't have the, the classic uh, hero villain um, back and forth. So it, it just makes, and this episode I think was the hard one because it was the one where we're starting to see our sides and it was confusing here. And you see in the characters, like Bucky and Falcon uh, spent a lot of the episode being like, okay, uh, so, uh, oh, okay, good, good. I'll watch, oh no, he's, okay, good. Uh, okay, now, and then by the end of it, it's I, like, I, I, I see I, 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 To talk a little bit about the gray area and the black and white, there was this amazing shot of, from above of Io and uh, Falcon kind of meeting, and it was like this right in the middle of the road, like white stone pebbles versus black stone pebbles. Oh, do you really mean Bucky? Am- Bucky. A oh, Bucky, sorry. Bucky's right. the one with the metal arm. Falcon is the one with the wings. Okay, yeah. yeah it's confusing. Right. Uh, not that confusing. Anyways, so <laughs> sorry I mixed it up there. But I'm just saying that, like, that, to me, like, this whole, like, line in the ground, like, all these different perspectives. And in a superhero movie you or whatever, like, Marvel kind of thing, you don't get to stop and talk about consequences and what it means to be a hero and like these icons and how they can mean more and mean different things to different people. So the fact that like they do have those discussions and Falcon is flexing a little bit of his background of like talking to people who've been through shit was awesome. It was this thing of like, we're not going to just punch people in the face. We're going to try to talk. We're going to try to do the right thing here. The fact that Zemo isn't just this, we want to kill him. We need him. We're doing stuff with him. Like we're trying to do it for a greater good. Like it's interesting. And I don't, don't throw the structural shit around selves. Like this is some interesting shit where unlike an action movie with the move things forward, we can sit and have little moments like this and they're powerful and great. And well, there's- it, I agree. That scene was that for me, it was one of my favorite scenes in the episode. I just want more of that focus back on uh, Bucky and Sam, because you're, like, you're going to get it. We I, we are gonna get it, but that made this episode harder to harder to enjoy because it was them sort of at the mercy of the plot. When really, like the idea of like Bucky being deprogrammed by Io and that that scene we got was awesome. I want to see oh a little God. more like repercussions yeah. of that or what that means to him. And Sam, we touched a little bit where he was sort of like trying to philosophize with Carly before he was interrupted by um, Walker. Yeah, yeah, like that was cool. And then he had the sister thing felt a little bit out of nowhere, but like they were getting to something there that I think we're going to pay off later. But yeah. it just felt like, and this is a term that I know Pete uses a lot. It felt like more of a middling episode. Oh my God. <laughs> First off, don't put words in my mouth. I've never said that in my life, but I think that like, I, I can understand what you're saying, but I completely disagree because we had a lot of like reveals of who people are moving forward and how things are going to work and some very interesting, powerful conversations that you don't get a lot. So I ate this shit up and the Dora Milaje showing up and just wrecking shit. And the fact that fake Captain America was like, they weren't even super soldiers was really awesome. Yeah. You yeah. know, like handled his shield that he is temporarily holding on to in a way that he didn't even know how to do. I mean, dismantled, uh, you know, Winter Soldier's arm that he didn't even know was a thing. It was 
so powerful in many different ways. I had a great time. I agree that was badass. And honestly, um, the Walker stuff in this episode was really good. And I feel like this was sort of his episode, putting him in a spot where he needs to be to be sort of the villain for the rest of the series. Well, let me throw something out at you guys that in all honesty confused me. And maybe there is a straightforward explanation here. But I think to the point Justin was saying earlier, there's a lot of back and forth. And this is what I'm getting at not to harp on it too much with the structural thing, because I agree with you. There are fun sequences in here. There are things that I am enjoying. I am a Marvel fan. I am a sucker for this my entire life. So I'm never going to stop watching this forever. That's fine. (laughs) That out of the way. No, it's true, though. I feel like I need to defend myself from Pete, who is like, how dare you? How dare you in kind of enjoy, but not particularly love this thing? You know, exactly. Uh, Thor: The Dark World is not a good movie. I've still watched it several <laughs> times. <laughs> you know, that's Just the ultimate cred. Rules there. That's the ultimate cred you can drop. It's like, hey, bro, I've seen Thor: The Dark World more than once, so I I get darkness. Uh, oh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I my point being, like, I am a sucker for this stuff, and it's fine. I'm not going to give up, even if I don't think it necessarily makes sense. But And I honestly want to know if there's an explanation here because I was very confused by what was going on towards the end of the episode where Carly came out and said, okay, our plan is we're going to kill Captain America, right? And the Flag Smashers were like, "Eh, that seems like maybe a little bit of a step too far, but it seemed like by the point they got to that big fight where everybody going nuts towards the end, that they were on board with it, at least in a certain sense. Then add in that Falcon... And Bucky come to talk to Carly in full costume. Sharon is clearly tracking John Walker for them. So they must realize on some level that the Flag Smashers are going for John Walker, not for them, I think, though that was never clearly established. So they go after John Walker. We end up in this fight. Carly comes out, kills Battlestar, which is a whole separate thing that we definitely need to talk about here because that's messed up. And then everybody who is on board with the plan to kill Captain America is like, whoa, you killed Battlestar? That's a step too far and runs away. What's going on there? All right, all right. There's a lot to unpack there. There Um, is. This is true. But I think Carly... Explain it to me, Pete. Okay, so Carly didn't know that the sidekick wasn't powered up. She thought she was in like a superpower kind of like fight. And they're all like, okay, we're going to follow Carly, but this is kind of things are getting crazy right now. And I think once they see a normal person die, that's like them and who they're fighting for, they all kind of stop and question their shit. And like, yeah, I can see what you're trying to say. But when you see, uh, when you see that it does kind of, be like whoa whose side are we on because they had a lot of discussions leading up to this and we people were kind of backing away from carly as the kind of show was uh, this episode was going on because she was talking about like oh she did kill that person oh she has gone too far or maybe these ideas so like i think that's why that moment kind of stopped people and i can understand that wasn't the original objective but like when they saw that, that's why there was that pause. Well, I think two things were happening there uh, to echo what Pete's saying. Like there's the conversation that Sam has with Carly about supremacy. Yeah, that was crazy. She sort of steps into like saying some pretty supremacist things. And then she's like, catches herself. Actually, I'm not. And then in that moment when she maybe like violently strikes Battlestar and ends up maybe accidentally killing him, that's her 
supremacy. She was not aware of what she's wielding and she kills a person. And I think that's when everyone was like, uh, like, like a lot of, I think, political violence, terrorism, when you're doing it from a distance, like they did in last episode and killed those people remotely, it's one thing. It feels like you're supporting your cause when you're in the room and your compatriot, your leader kills someone. It's like, I don't want this. I didn't sign up for this. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I actually like that moment because I thought it really, it showed, it used the gray area of the Flag Smashers as like, uh, we feel weird now. But then they, then Captain America at the end, Walker kills one of their own. And you see the escalation happening here. And you see they're going to be hardened. When they were sort of soft and sort of regretting their violence for a second there, instantly they're hardened by what he, violence begets violence and Walker escalates that. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate that moment. The other Walker stuff and like all the tracking, what you're doing, I agree is a little confusing. I think Bucky and uh, and Sam were tracking Walker because they knew he was going to be a problem to them, mm-hmm. not because they thought he was a bad guy. It was just more like he's the cop who's watching us. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and I he get spoiled that. one intervention like... already. So they kind of wanted, but oh, for I, sure. I, I do want to, we're, we're talking about something. I want to back up the truck a little bit. He, uh, Falcon calls Sharon and Sharon's like, yeah, I got a couple satellites under yeah. Sharon is, I don't know who they think Sharon is, but I cannot wait for the reveal of who Sharon is because she is running shit and like knows a lot, a little bit too much for maybe what's going on. So I'm excited to see like a real Sharon reveal. Got that sat flex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think this this episode was the king of small moments. And I want to go back to the beginning, like the, the, like seeing the winter soldier cry when he's like being said, those words aloud was like really powerful and very, very cool. And I was mostly surprised that when he cried, his tear didn't turn to ice because of his ice powers. He's the winter winter soldier, soldier, right? Yeah, that's not a funny. So he job. has ice powers. Yeah, when not, um, when Disney funny. bought Marvel, I think he became Elsa from Frozen's mm-hmm. brother. But also, like he, you know, he we wants got to, us to let it go. Yeah, we <laughs> we also saw that like he speaks Wakanda. Like I, I was so excited to get the Dormalaji uh, and uh, Dormalaje and like uh, see Wakanda and hear the music. It was really really fantastic to kind of have those like. Uh, really just kind of small, amazing moments. Very happy about it. It, it was very nice. I, I did want to jump back to two things that you were talking about earlier. One, I wanted to talk about Sharon Carter. I know I threw out a speculation or just a, a thought about, is she the power broker in the last episode? This episode, they keep doubling down on the power broker is upset without bringing the power broker on screen. So... Obviously, that's going to send theory mind into overtime. Uh, it's entirely possible it could just be a guy named the power broker the way the show is going to be going. But it feels like that has to be somebody, right? It has to be at this point. Like the yeah. way they, especially this episode, the buildup of like, oh, power, got an email from the power broker. It's like too much hype to, uh, and the, the email from like that Carly got from the power broker was like, hey, I was serious about my last email. So like, <laughs> please give me back the serum. So it's yeah. like, they're clearly keeping that going. Cause they're going to reveal it. Would, do we have any guests? 
our guests. Well, I just wanted to mention uh, that he definitely has read receipts on his emails, right? Like that, that's a power broker. I know, I know you read this. Just please uh, (laughs) respond. Even if it's just a note, just a quick note is all I want. Just to know that you got it. Please So I want to throw a theory out to you that I don't know it necessarily makes sense. And I don't know where this rumor started from, but everybody seems very convinced that William Hurt's Thunderbolt Ross is in this show somehow. I don't know if somebody saw him on set or something like that. Here's my thought. And this is putting together a bunch of random things. But what if the power broker is Thunderbolt Ross, right? Yeah. Sharon is working for him. She was not excommunicated at all. She, in fact, is double agenting it up for the U.S. government at this point, working for Thunderbolt as the power broker. And we end with some sort of reveal here where they capture Zemo, make him work for them, and they have a whole flip of the Thunderbolts thing where they're good guys pretending to be bad guys. I mean, that would be cool. That feels a little wild to go yeah, to yeah. go that way. Um, we have like it, it feels like two need, episodes left. We need one more. Yeah, we need one more setup moment. So, and another show or a movie to get to Thunderbolts. I feel like. Um, I mean, I. What about this? I mean, this is like sort of. This feels the most obvious. It's uh, Power Brokers. Uh, Al Pacino is Mephisto. <laughs> I mean, that seems possible to me. No, nope. I know there was a rumor that Kevin Feige had a meeting with Al Pacino. So saying, and he played red. the devil on WandaVision, I think. Yeah. So, so that's it. And it makes I didn't sense watch to really all tie... the episodes of WandaVision. So I just kind of read the rumors and theories. It makes sense to tie him into every uh, Marvel <laughs> series in a lot of ways. And I heard Al Pacino's playing Loki um, in the Loki show. Um, oh, nice. I what if it's Nick Fury? Could be Nick Fury, because I do think that he feels more like a, a a reveal that fits in this side of the Marvel universe. William Hurt feels a little distant, right? I, I I also don't know other than hardcore Marvel fans would be like, oh man, it's William yeah, Hurt. William Hurt, <laughs> love that guy. <laughs> But he has been, to be fair, and I think this is part of the reason the rumors started, he has been very heavily tied to the super soldier serum throughout the history of the MCU from Incredible Hulk to, well, that's it. (laughs) I was going to say, where is he going with this? From Incredible Hulk to other William Hurt appearances? Yeah. I I also think it's entirely possible it is Sharon Carter, you know, and she's just like created this false identity to run shit in Madripoor. Um. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, though, that I do think is important to address is the death of Battlestar and specifically using the death of a black man to power the arc of a white man is pretty messed up. I agree. I was very surprised when it was when Battlestar right before the scene when he died, they were Mm -hmm. doing some things where I was like, this feels like they're setting him up to die. Um, They wouldn't do that. And then when they did, I was I was very surprised. Also, like it really drove me nuts that like when they went into the building, the fake Captain America like stopped at the stairs and just started looking up for some reason while Bellastar was going to sweep the place. You went in to sweep a place. You don't stop and look up at the ceiling and just kind of pause. You're supposed to be a team. You're supposed to work together. You can't just leave your your wingman or you know, I, I was just just so upset. The, the fact that like he was so dumb and for a show that's that feels like they want to talk about race in a in a real way for that for this to happen i gotta think it has to be something they will reckon with going forward mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, because otherwise I don't, I don't get it. Um, so I, I do want to trust that they are the things they've referenced go in the, the first three episodes leading us up to this, make me, give me confidence. They will reckon with this going forward. I hope but so. I definitely shocked. am. Yeah. I, I'm putting an asterisk on it to your point yeah. until the next episode to see how they follow up. But just on the surface, it definitely made me recoil quite a bit and not just because it was a dark moment for the show, but because of greater world things. So we'll revisit this discussion next episode and see what happens. Um, A couple of other things uh, I wanted to throw out Um, Uh on the same note with the end of the episode in the comics, John Walker's breaking point was his parents getting killed. He goes apeshit after that. He does the same thing here in this episode leading up to, I, I do think the best image in the entire episode was that last one of John Walker with the blood at the bottom of the shield. Yes. That was really, really well framed and really well done. Yeah, it was so creepy in all the right ways, the way he kind of hung on it. And then also he was just kind of tweaking out there. I was just like, it's very powerful and very upsetting. Yeah, the, the, um, to use Pete's line of like, this was an episode about uh, the king of small moments, I think uh, you said. Um, like that was another, that whole sequence I thought was great. The moment where like you see him bend the gun, I think. And uh, yeah. so it's like, oh shit. Oh, shit. He's, yeah, it's like, he's juiced. Uh, yeah, he's juiced up. Um, yeah. And then from that moment onto the last sequence, when you see him raise the shield and that oh, moment when oh, he make, you actually get to see stop. him make the choice to kill him. Yeah, to kill stop the, it. Black Smasher, like that to me, I was like, oh, very smartly done, very tense. And then to end it with that blood on the shield thing where it's like, yes, that is. And it really reflects on another great moment, the line, there's never been another Steve Rogers. Um, And then that I thought was very cool. And the conversation sort of midway through the episode with battle between Battlestar and Walker, where they were like, hey, um, would you take the serum? Which I thought that was really cool. And it's like, well, it doesn't turn you, it doesn't make you bad. It just heightens your qualities. And when you, then you hear their conversation, you're like, oh, you don't know that you have these bad qualities that it's going to heighten when you inevitably take it. Yeah. And uh, that's a good question. Would you guys take the serum? Well, actually, I have a question before that question, because one of my huge bummers of the episode, even beyond everything we've talked about, is we didn't get to see him take the serum. And I want to know how you take the serum. Mm. You know, I think it's rectal uh, insertion. Yeah, I was thinking either you drink it or maybe you eat the whole bottle and crunch it. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, it's like a gusher. You just put the whole thing. (laughs) It seems like you would inject it. It seems like you would inject it. Yeah, but it didn't have like an injecting thing. Was it just a bottle of serum? And I guess you have to use a separate hypodermic. Yeah, he comes with a doctor. So yeah, it comes with a turkey baster, and you just um, blast it into your um, your (laughs) and your what? I'm sorry, your butt. That's not. That's not just like fruit gushers. Exactly. (laughs) Just (laughs) like fruit gushers. You guys get the anal gushers, right? But regardless (laughs) of how you take it, how would you guys take it? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. No, no hesitation. I know no the, that's the wrong answer, answer yeah. but why, yeah. if you had a chance to take a super soldier serum that would make you super strong and extend your life, why would you not take it? Oh, my God. You would be so evil and so <laughs> fucked up immediately. It would just about, be, It would just make I, me more of me. Whatever yeah, that I is. would run. <laughs> I would just run away Falling if I saw you taking the serum. Super podcast. It wouldn't be a super soldier serum. It would be a super podcaster serum. Yeah. Wow, that guy's been talking for 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, I I can podcast this all day. Oh boy, um, oh, Pete, why boy. would you take it? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I really? mean, 
Yeah, I really, I think there, and that's the thing, like even Zemo paused, do you know what I mean? Like that's how like crazy of a uh, question it is. And I appreciate the fact that like, I don't think I could have made that decision right then. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would have jumped on one of the vials and just immediately drank it. Uh, but like, yeah, that, that it's, I like how they're playing with the power of it a little bit. Justin, you didn't answer the question. I, I just took it. I just, oh, oh, you just yeah, you guys talking about it. I was like, well, I've been holding onto this for a while. And I guess uh, the second, good. second big, biggest question is, um, do you call your like parents anything kind of uh, cute and adorable like TT? Like, do you have a, a gam gam or anything like that in your family? I never did um, growing up, but now mm-hmm. my mom insists that um, her grandchildren call her Mima. Aww. And I always say Mima. And she's like, it's not Mima, it's <laughs> Mima. And I'm like, okay, it's a child's <laughs> word. Don't tell me how to say it. It's not like it's your name. <laughs> Uh, one last little Easter egg thing that I wanted to mention that is definitely not an Easter egg, but it perked up my ears nonetheless, is when they were talking about the Global Reparations Council and yep. they were passing this act. GCR. They, the GCR. They called it, no, GRC? GRC. GRC. Uh, they called it the Patch Act. And given that we have Madripoor and Wolverine's code name and Madripoor was Patch, I was like, oh, it's definitely named after his, him. And then I paused for a second. I was like, no, it is too early in the morning. I'm, I'm just <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin Feige's sitting in the uh, the master headquarters of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's like, how should we introduce Wolverine? Like, um, let's do it as the name of an act uh, in a small scene in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, any other final thoughts before we start to wrap this up here, Pete? Uh, yeah, I just um, I can't say enough about uh, how crazy kind of things escalated in this episode and how interesting the addition to the Dora Milaje uh, was, was such a fun escalation in all the right ways. Um, and I, yeah, I just, uh, I thought that was just so great and I, and I can't get enough of it and I'm hoping for more, but I don't know if we'll get more. Um, I, I guess just two things. I did like the joke um, on, about Zemo do the stupid head tilt thing. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that was funny. a fun that Fun was call out. another I, king of the small moments right king there. King of the small moments. And I do think, was that like a straight up rule dig about mm-hmm. his acting choice? as opposed Because that wasn't about the character. That was about literally <laughs> how he does it, which I thought was very funny. But second, like, I, I like the jokes in this show. They're funny, but it feels tonally odd. And it really made me think this series is sort of not the same tone as the Marvel movies at all. As much as everyone's like, it's like a Marvel movie, but it's, uh, in TV form. I'm like, it's actually not. It's quite different. It's like an espionage uh, TV series and oh, just featuring Marvel characters. This gets yeah. to a, a bigger thing that is very rumory, and I don't know how true it is, but there was a lot of talk from folks that apparently they reshot a bunch of the show and reworked and rejiggered it. And there are points... Uh, in this episode in particular, I think, and maybe the last episode where you can kind of see they overdub certain things. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what the changes are, but um, certainly things like, hey, where's that Joaquin guy who was very important in the first episode? I think yeah. he's somebody that was injected in there. He was apparently cast very late in the process. He was injected in there to give a little more exposition. It's possible that 
the deferring tones of what's going on that you're bringing up, Justin might be part of that as well, that yeah. it wasn't quite as consistent as they thought it might be. Um, I, again, I don't know what the changes are, but certainly I think that might point to a couple of those things. But, and I don't mean that the tone within this, I haven't okay. felt off put by the internal tone of the show. I was just struck in this episode by how different this episode feels in comparison to almost everything else from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Even WandaVision felt more like the movies than this does. But they did have like some, you know, like action movie fun where like Bucky uh, punches somebody through a wall and then goes like, stay put. You know, like there was still yeah. some tonal like, fun moments but i agree with what you're saying like it definitely is different and uh i one more kind of small moment that i wanted to point out uh when zemo's talking about this kind of place that they're in where, where they have like the kids before he gives the kids the candy and somebody crosses behind them and the winter soldier like feels it and like turns to like I, and it's just like just a small character moment where Cal, uh, falcon doesn't like pick up on it but uh, Bucky does, and I was just like, oh, wow, that is such a cool little thing. Yes, been training for like 88 years or something. There you go. Before we wrap up here, what is on your vision board for the next episode? Pete, what's on your vision board? Well, I'm hoping to get to like the bottom of the real issues. You know what I mean? Like what other family members, uh, you know, on the Avengers use different, you know, kind of like nicknames for their families. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, do anybody do like Huge. a goppers and poppers type of situation? Yeah, I got or you, goppers just, poppers. You know what I mean? So like, uh, but I, I really think goppers. that like uh, Turkish delight is gotta be a bigger thing i mean you can't just do an ad for turkish delight and not really have it pay off so in the next couple of issues um or uh not issues but uh, episodes i can't wait to see that kind of pay off more great great vision board justin what about you <laughs> yeah so true <laughs> um i want to based on that last um image of the blood on the shield like in the next episode i want to see that shield in sam's hand or Bucky's hand, or hopefully, ideally, both. Because um, I like think they're holding hands together and they're each. Yeah, I want the, <laughs> <laughs> trying to be like, oh, block over here, you throw oh, it. They're doing like, that thing where they're both in one shirt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stuck if, on you style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope that uh, also in the next episode, like fake cap is, you know, out of the picture or dead. It's or definitely something. not going to happen. No, There's I like episodes. him as the, the final, final villain, but I want. Um, that we've set up the anticipation has been building about like who should have the shield. It feels like Sam's shield, but I'm curious to see how that will play out. And maybe next episode, it's like Bucky's turn to have the shield for a moment, what he does with it. Cause I think that is the statement. That's the metaphor of this series and to stick, get to see it in each of their hands. If we're going to end up with it in Sam's hand at the end of the series, I want to see it in Bucky's hand and what it means for him to have the legacy because the scene in, in Wakanda in this episode was about him moving past his dark past. And so what, when he holds the shield, what does he become? What does he become going forward? And then in the end of the series, what does Sam become if he has the shield and it, he's not going to put it back on the shelf. I don't think who is he as Falcon as captain America with wings. <laughs> <laughs> kind of petered out there a little bit at the end. Yeah, a little that's bit. Well, a horrible, like you got, you keep that's a horrible way Sorry, to say that. Sorry. Uh, on my vision board, uh, we already covered this, but I just want to see some sort of reckoning and explanation of what happened with Battlestar. I do think that's very important for contextualizing yes. that moment. I hope they do it. We will cross our fingers and see. Yep. And folks, 
wait, yes, wait. it was just yes. real nice to see someone step on the shield and do that move again. I had missed that move, so it was really great to get that move back and Wakanda forever. <laughs> great. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Uh, Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you. Whoops, friends. <laughs> uh, oh, do the stupid head tilt thing. <laughs> <laughs>